you're tuned in with In the Blind Combat Waterfowl, the podcast. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to In the Blind Combat Waterfowl. This is episode eight, and we're going to call this one the Platinum Principles of the Duck Blind. We got Andy Beck, co-host, and Dylan West, co-host, back. Finally, got him back on the podcast. What's up, fellas? Hope your vacation was nice, Dylan. Yeah. (laughs) Some of us have to work, real work. Hot sex box and, and hamburgers. Yeah. No cooking dinner. No cooking dinner at the, at the uh, sheriff's office, huh? Nope. It's not how it works. <laughs> Parties will take you, though. <laughs> oh, man. So we got cooked up this week. All right. So this episode, we're going to talk about – each of us are going to talk about five platinum principles that we live by as hunters. There might be a little bit of overlap. There might not be. I'm going to jump right in um, with my five. So number one is don't point your weapon in an area you don't intend to fire. It seems like a overset or overstated thing, but so many times muzzle awareness on hunts that I've been on, muzzle awareness is an issue. And it's something that I've had to remind people. And it doesn't matter whether you're in an A-frame, whether you're in a layout boat, whether you're in a layout blind, whether you're hunting out of a boat, float blind hunting. It seems like muzzle awareness is always something that I have to correct people on. And not novice hunters either. Like veteran hunters, I see this all the time. So please, when you're hunting, be conscious of where your muzzle is pointed. I don't care if your weapon's on safe or not. All it takes is a dog to jump in your layout blind and hit that trigger boom that's it and uh and it happens every single year so please 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 keep your muzzle pointed in a safe direction at all times number two don't set up with the wind in your face this again seems like a common principle of hunting however i think a lot of people get spot conscious and and what i mean by that is they're like oh we're gonna hunt this spot we're gonna hunt this point I don't care what the wind direction is like, we're going to do this. And they're so afraid to go outside the box and follow some of the other things that we've talked about in previous episodes that they will literally sit up and hunt with the wind in their face. Don't do that. Um, now there is a time where hunting with a side shoot is a beneficial thing. If your hide isn't the best, that might be a time where you want to hunt with a side shoot, basically where the ducks are going to land Um, and they're going to give you a side two shot. If your hide is on point and ideally you want the wind coming over your back so that the ducks are landing, um, basically, you know, feet down into the decoys right there in the spread. That's the most ideal scenario. However, there is never a time that I have seen where it benefits you to have the wind in your face waterfowl hunting, because no matter what ducks have to land with in, in the wind. Now, there's a couple of times that I could see in the timber where you would, if, if there is absolutely no wind coming through that timber, that I don't think the wind matters as much. But if that's the case, then it, the wind is irrelevant. However, if you do have wind and wind is a factor, definitely don't set up with the wind in your face. Um, rule number three for me is scout, scout, and scout some work. When you think you're done scouting, go check out two more areas. It's worth your time. It's worth your weight in gold to get out there, burn up the roads, burn some gas in the boat, 
and be confident. Know your entire area. Know everywhere that you have access to. Know the ins and outs of it. Check it multiple times a day. Just because you drive in at one time of the day doesn't mean, and don't see any ducks there, doesn't mean that there isn't ducks coming there. They, they could be feeding in the afternoon. They could be feeding, you know, at 10 o'clock in the morning. They could be using it as a roost or a loaf or a feed. You don't, like, you need to scout. And when, again, when you think you're done scouting, go do it some more. And, and push yourself to check new areas, constantly trying to acquire new properties, knocking on doors of property owners or breaking out the maps and looking at topography and seeing where things are. And if there are any potential ducky areas that are on public land in an area that you hunt, check them out. Nothing's going to, nothing is going to be wasted by you spending a little bit more time in the field planning a hunt. Uh, rule number four for me is never return to a place you were invited. If somebody takes the time out of their schedule to take you hunting on a public piece of property or a private piece of property. I've seen both ways. That That is that person's spot. They took you there out of the goodness of their heart. And if you plan to return there, I would, at a very minimum, I would reach out to the person that took you there and ask permission beforehand. I don't care if the spot's public, man. People talk about, well, you know, that, that water doesn't, that's public water. It doesn't belong to anybody. I understand that, but you would have never found it if somebody didn't take you there. So my point in saying that is you shouldn't, you should never assume that it's okay to just go right back to, to a place that somebody took you. Um, and the last one for me is respect for the sport, respect the birds and leave areas better than you found them. It seems again, like a no brainer, but yet every single season, I see people shoving duck bills and shotgun barrels. I see people leaving birds in a, you know, a wet pile in the bottom of a blind. I see people throwing birds around um, in, in a way that like stacking stuff on top of them. I'm not saying, you know, grabbing them up by the, by the neck and holding them up for a picture. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying any of that. All I'm saying is that you should at a, at a bare minimum have, a respect for, for the sport enough to not present it in a negative light. You should respect the birds enough not to leave a bird wounded in the blind. If there is a bird that's still alive, you need to take it, take it upon yourself to dispatch that bird to do whatever you can do. I mean, I know people that shoot birds and throw them in the bottom of an A-frame and let them flop around for two hours. I know people that will, uh, will walk up to a bird and hit it with a twisted tea can. You know, uh, none of that. I was going to recommend disposing of them properly, but yeah, absolutely, dispatching them properly. And and, you know, there's there's a way to do that. You wring their neck, you use a finisher, you can bang them on the side of the boat, you can do whatever you need to do. Um, Making sure that that bird is dispatched and dispatched appropriately is uh, is is of utmost importance. And leaving that area better than you found it. When you leave, you should be picking up your shells. You should be picking up your little Debbie wrappers, your monster cans. And if you see other trash out there on your way, shell casings, um, you know, wads, whatever. If you see other people's trash, pick it up too. Because at the end of the day, you should want to make sure that the areas that you hunt and the areas that you frequent are left better, even if not for for anyone else, for yourself the next time you return and for the environment. So um, those are my golden rules. And uh, I guess we'll kind of go right on to to if any of y'all have any comments on those or if y'all want to go right into the next next set of rules it's up to y'all 
I'll, I mean, I'll drop mine. I, I have some similar ones. Um, I guess they're more centric to myself, some things that I live by. Uh, my first one is uh, prioritize everyone's safety. Uh, I think a lot of people, sometimes they say, well, uh, I'm safe doing this because I've done this before. A lot of times you can't handle that by yourself, right? Well, especially if you're captaining the boat, if you're the ringleader, if you will, you, you can't, if somebody doesn't understand that, then there's a safety issue there. Either A, you need to thoroughly explain to them the process that it's about to happen or just mix it all together. Um, my next one to go with that is don't outhunt your confidence. And that's per- pertaining really, that's big to me um, and really kind of a, uh, a local aspect, if you will, uh, based upon tides, weather, waves, all that sort of thing for me. Um, number four is you're never prepared enough. Uh, I hate to go hunt with guys that we get there, we throw out two or three dozen, maybe set up a little blind, and they're like, all right, we're done. We're just waiting now. There's more shit we can do. You know what I mean? Unless you just don't have the resources where you're at in that spot. You know, if you didn't come prepared, you didn't bring, you know, stuff to to set up a blind or, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. That's something you should have thought about prior. So if, you, if you're going hunting, I, I, I mean, myself personally, if I know that, you know, I got a big hunt coming up five, six days prior, I'm really scratching my list to figure out exactly what I need to do to get in line with that. My next uh, is scout it out, scout it out, scout it out. And I want to add to uh, what you were talking about scouting. Um, The most amount of birds that you see might not always be the best amount of birds to hunt. And what I mean by that is, is if you don't understand the way that the birds are behaving in this spot, then you might want to go back to you're not prepared enough. You, you got to think about their behaviors inside that contained area. You know, are they feeding? Are they just loafing? You know, whatever that may be. And my last one is don't overextend a welcome. If I invite you to hunt, don't come back to me and say, hey, man, I got, you know, well, Johnny, Timmy, and Billy want to come too. Like, man, I offered that to you because nine out of 10 times I've offered that to somebody else. Right. So I'm, I'm already two or three deep. Like I just counted you as a single. Now, what I do enjoy is if somebody's like, Hey man, I appreciate the invite, but you know, me, what I say, Billy, Tommy, and whoever else we're hunting over here. Do you guys want to link up together and hunt together or, you know, hey, we could call, we could all come over to your spot if you have availability. Um, but I hate for somebody to like just automatically assume that I'm going to take them in. They're plus two. They're plus one. Solid. Agreed. Um, what you got for us? Yeah, it's a lot of the same. Um, I can branch off a few of them. A couple of different ones. Um, right out, right out the bat, the scouting. If, if you don't put the time in or you're not willing to put the time in to scout, this isn't the sport for you. Um, and to you know reiterate what you said about the invites, if you're the guy that doesn't scout and you piggyback off your friends or whoever else to, to kill ducks, geese, whatever, also not a sport for you. Um, 
I'm not going to go too, too in-depth with it because both of you hit it great about scouting. Um, also, the cleanup, I'm big on that. Like if, if you leave a place trashy, man, it's just – it's a bad look for you. It's a bad look for, you know, everybody that gets to hunt behind you. Um, the uh, – and kind of into that is, for me, it's – there's not – I mean, other than the sound, there's not a lot of public land around here. So, it's all like, you know, if, if you're goose hunt is – um, like private landowner. I'm big on respecting a landowner, respecting his property. Um, I, I like to, you know, shoot out an invite. You know, if they say, yeah, go hunt, you know, hey, if you got some time, come, you know, come get in with us. Or, you know, if you got a son or grandson, whatever, you know, send them to us. We'll, you know, throw them in the blind. Um, man, if you tear somebody's stuff up, fix it. At least offer to fix it. Don't, yep. don't try to hide it and roll out. Um, but obviously, if you can avoid messing something up or keeping it, you know, nice, that's, that's what you need to do. And uh, the safety kind of goes with the what you're talking about about you know pointing your gun in a safe direction. You know, I, I'll take it to the to like a muzzle and like lane control more or less. So, you know, you're breaking down your blind, you know, slicing the pie basically. Um, I hate getting swept by the man at the end of the blind. He's sweeping three people trying to shoot a you know, burden in front of everybody else. I, I can't stand that. You know, shooting your shoot in front of you, or if you're on the corner, you got your corner. You know, I'm I'm huge on that. Um, I think that if you can nail that down, it it kind of keeps the what you were talking about, Robert. Just uh, keeps people from getting flashed or uh, you know, get their um, ears wrong. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's happened to me more times than I can count. Man. Absolutely. And I've done yeah. it to people too. I have done it to people. I'm not gonna sit here and say I haven't. I, I'm guilty. It's happened a few times. Like I got my ass chewed a few times from it, and I understand why. You know, um, and my last one is like I don't overhunt area. And if you kill your birds, get out. Let them come back in. Let them rest. Let them do whatever they're doing there. Um, if even if you don't kill your birds and you've been blasting and blasting and blasting all day, just take the L for the day. Get out. Once again, let them let them rest. Let let them do their thing. Um, I hate I hate people like hunting us. You have a banger one day. I hate people go right back the next morning and bang them again. I, I get it. I've done it. I've, I've done it. But if you have the other opportunities to go somewhere and, and try to shoot some ducks, to let those rest, I'm huge on that. And and really, I guess for me, that's coming from an empowerment standpoint because. You know, you can kind of hop and pounce. You don't have to shoot the same one every day if you have that ability. Um, but I hate people that just sit there and blast on them for a week straight and then wonder why they don't have any ducks, you know, the following week. Yep. I think that's harder to do on public land because, Absolutely. you know, somebody finds some birds, they're going to they're gonna be on them. I agree. And, and if they're if you're not, somebody else will be. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, if you're if you're and Andy said that too in, in a prior episode, I think you know he was talking about hey, if you find birds, you better kill them because if you're not, somebody else will. That's why I say yes. That's more or less more or less based on you know my you know what I've what I've been been doing the impoundments or you know private land or whatever. If you have that ability. But, yeah, the the safety thing, man. I, I hate to keep talking about that, but it's so big. I I can recall being in Rhode Island. Um, this has been four, probably four or five years ago. And, you know, we, I had a, a good friend of mine with me and, um, we were, we were hunting and it was a situation where we 
we were kind of creeping up on these geese because they were, were trying to run them off um, more or less. And one of the guys had never killed a goose. And I was like, okay, well, this would be a good time. So we're like creeping up on these geese. The geese get up and of course the whole front of the boat starts shooting and, and Cody was there. And, you know, the, one of the guys he got, he was so focused on shooting that he wasn't paying attention to his gun barrel and his gun barrel went behind one of our other buddies' heads and he still had shells. So Cody saw it, grabbed the barrel and threw it up out of the way as quickly as he could. And he was like, what the are you doing you know like it i have never seen cody uh go off like that and the seriousness of that incident could have easily been our boy's brain spattered all over the front of the boat and it was just it was an honest mistake it was an honest mistake but it was a lack of muzzle awareness and it wasn't something that he intended to do and, and he felt terrible after the fact but those things happen and the same thing goes for dogs, you know, people's dogs. I've seen, I've seen videos of very famous YouTubers, let a dog run out or a dog breaks or whatever. And you got a whole blind of people shooting right over that dog's head. All it takes is for that dog to jump up over a decoy and boom, there is a dog. Yep. And it's like, you have to, you have to do better. People have to do better. Leaving a, leaving a shell in the chamber and, and a, and a gun in the bottom of a boat. Dumb idea. You know, it's just like simple little things that people could do a lot better job of that they don't. And it it really all of us being in the career fields of, that we've been in, firearm safety is like a a big, big thing for us. And I don't think that a lot of people regard or respect it as much as they should. The same way that I don't think a lot of people respect the water like they should so like i do want to touch on this too like if if you're the person that gets corrected like have a little bit of humility and just eat it right like it, it's not worth the for one it's not worth the argument like if i approach you about something and and hopefully regardless if it's me or anyone else let's let's be blunt and honest about it if somebody approaches you about a safety issue it means they're uncomfortable right 100 so, like so even if you think like well i'm in control and you very may well be in control but someone in your party is not comfortable at that moment like i want everyone to be hunting you know i want everyone to be comfortable with me while i'm hunting so just heed what they're saying they don't make it like when we're like when we're 70 miles offshore fishing and the, and the waves kicked up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go to hell home. Like <laughs> take my ass back to shore. <laughs> Andy started, Andy started calling dinosaurs and selling Buicks out there in the Gulf. <laughs> I, I promise you shotgunning a beer is not taken away. <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah, I imagine not. No, no. But no, nah, man. I, and I feel like we're, we're we're really serious in a lot of these episodes and uh but it for good reason and and hopefully it causes people to think a little bit that's my hope anyway i mean it you, you talk about it being you know a serious issue but i mean it is at the end of the day it is like it takes one time you know the problem is that 
nobody thinks it's going to happen to them. You know, I'm, yeah, my dad taught me from, you know, as soon as I could hold a gun, all these rules, it is, you know, it is what it is, but it takes one, one time, one mistake. But if, if you pay attention enough to you know, try, try to keep those mistakes down, then you know, it doesn't happen. Well, people die every single year, man. Like I, I touched on it, like res- respecting, respecting the water, you know, and ain't no, ain't no duck worth nobody's life. Period. That's a good one. And if you just, if you can't see past the fact that a 16 foot John boat has no business out there in the open sound when it's 35, 40 degrees and, you know, wind is ripping 15, 20, 30 mile an hour, then I, I don't know what more of a wake up call that we could give you. But just don't. If you don't have the capability of the equipment designed to do that kind of hunting, stay home. It is not, or hire a guide or whatever you got to do to stay out of that because it is not worth your time. Now, if there's a difference in there's a difference in being caught out in something that's unexpected because you guys know as well as I do that stuff blows up here all the time. Quickly. Out of nowhere. Quickly. You know, and, and that go, that goes times right into what Andy says. If you're out there, most of the time, those people that are out there, they're diver hunting or they're sea duck hunting, you know, so going right into like being prepared as you need to be prepared to get your stuff up quickly, just as important as it is for you to get out quickly. So I think we should touch on ways that we rig our stuff up in the next, like when we get into the, um, you know, like season preparedness episode that we talked about doing, mm-hmm. you know, I think we need to cover ways that we go over in ways that we rig our stuff to where we can get up and get out. I mean, I can have an entire, an entire diver spread and a layout boat back in the boat in 15 minutes or less. Yeah, I, I will say that if you have coordination with the people in your boat, right? Like, right. But so, I don't so, ever go out with like people that I have zero coordination with. Like somebody yeah. on that boat has been with me before. Yeah. Like, and that's what, and I think that's, that's why I kind of say prioritize everyone's safety. Um, so like in the, the confidence aspect of that, like if, if your state doesn't require you to take at least a bare minimal of a boater's safety operation course to operate your boat, because a, it's not long enough or whatever, please go do it. Like at the bare minimal, um, it's it's really easy to hop down to the Bass Pro, buy a sixteen foot John boat with a little forty on it or whatever twenty five, and and think that you could do a lot in it. And really, the simplicity of it, it's a lot easier to fuck it all up. Like being a lot easier to get honest, hurt. Like it's complete. It, like it's a lot easier to get hurt. You know, I I mean I waited a long time in my duck hunting career to be able to go out and see duck hunt and do all that stuff only because it was solely a safety issue i knew every boat that i had prior i was not comfortable in doing it like it just wasn't going to happen because like you said what if something blows up like yeah it might be you know one to two foot right now with 10 mile per hour wind you can gladly do that in a 16-foot jumbo. The difference is, is when that pops up and it's you know blowing 25, 30 miles per hour on just one one weather cell, you know what I mean? That was 45 miles from you when you started, but now it's moved its way over. Right. You know? 
And when it's when there's nothing to impede it from coming to you, it's a lot quicker for it to get to you. Yeah, you ain't lying, man. Um, and I, and I guess the whole spot burning thing, like, I, you know, we said not returning to a spot, not overstaying your welcome, but there's also the, another factor of like watch your photos. You know, like if you're in somebody else's spot and there's landmarks around, watch watch when you're Snapchatting. You know, watch when you're posting stuff on your stories. Watch the photos that you take. You know, it's not your spot to burn. Like you were there on an invite. And when you go out and you book with a guide service, at least around here, a lot of the guides will hunt public land. You know, they're providing the knowledge and they're providing the equipment, um, but they're hunting a public spot. A lot of them will around here. Don't be dropping pins on their hunting spots. Man, that's like the ultimate disrespect and i see you know i've got a lot of friends of mine that are captains and and that are guides and and it happens i think a lot more with like fishing like inshore fishing uh but it definitely happens with duck hunting too like if you if you book a guide service like you're paying for their knowledge you're paying for their equipment you're not paying for their spots because that's now you're messing with somebody's living and that's just that's not cool and frankly if, if I'm hunting somewhere and, you know, I set up somewhere and there's a guide wanting to hunt that area, I'll have a conversation with that guide and I might choose or I might not choose to go to another place. That's just me because I, you know, I'm not saying that I will. It all, Honestly, it depends on their attitude. If they can have a cordial conversation with me and, you know, like we can work something out more than likely because I've done one of my rules and I've scout, scout, scouted, I got another place I can go. You know, you never know what that guy's got going on or or whatever, if this is somebody's first time duck hunting or whatever. And it's always better to make stuff work with somebody than to be a dick for no reason. And we've said that before, too, in previous episodes, like, don't be a dick um, because it does nothing. Like at this point, me, Dylan, Andy, we're all representatives of this company and my truck's wrapped. It's going to be sitting at a boat ramp. So what's, you know, those combat waterfowl guys are the biggest arrogant assholes I've ever dealt with in my life. They run me out of my spot, blah, blah, blah. And like, that's not who we are to begin with. That's not who we are, but I'm not going to give somebody any, any reason to say that I was rude to them uh, over, over a hunt because at the end of the day, it, it's one duck hunt. You know, it's not worth, it's not worth being a dick over. I think too, like, I, I, I don't get into the the competing with a guide, which I I mean I know where a good bit of guides go, um, and I'll say that I, I don't want to get into a competition with them because I'm I'm probably not going to be as successful as they are. Like they're there every day. They're there every day. What whether it's and it's probably a a good you know ten square mile area. They're there every day. Like they could tell you what time that they're probably going to pick up and trade. Like, I'm just not oh, going to yeah. get in. I'm not going to get into it. Um, and you and wind I, up trading information, you know, with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Is If you don't burn those bridges with people, you wind up becoming, everybody becomes more successful. You know what's funny is too, if like, and we've had this happen, you go, you set up somewhere 
come to find out there's a, you know, there's a guide rolling in or whatever. Nine out of 10 times, he's going to tell you somewhere else you could probably go. Yeah. Because all he's worried about is taking care of his clients. And if he can take care of you as well, it looks good for his business. Yeah. Because he's going to get a referral off of that. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I, they're good dudes, man. Like, they're um, some of the best people to talk to at the, the boat ramp. Like, yeah. And we, we're fortunate in this area. We, we have a lot of really good guys. I mean, the, I'm, t I'm talking about like the legitimate ones, the ones that actually have a captain's license, the ones that have a business license. <laughs> yeah. I'm not talking about this dude who jumped up and started a Facebook page three months ago and, you know, doesn't have any of that stuff and he's undercutting legitimate guides. You know, I'm talking about the people that are legit and there's, there's a few of them, you know, um, there's, I, I don't, I don't want to name drop folks just in a, I, you know what, whatever, I'll do that. Um, there's Gian Lee. There's uh, Brad Smith. There's Ryan Peden. Um, you know, there's Wes Coward. Those are all guys that hunt right around this area. They're super good dudes that, you know, we've dealt with in the past. You've got, um, you got Reed, uh, Reed Jones and Jay Boone that are up there too. And, you know, if you're looking to come to this area to go sea duck or diver hunting, you know, these are the, these are the people that, that you want to call. They're, they all have captain's licenses. They all do stuff the right way. And, you know, this is just our little area right here. Um, then, you know, I know Dylan knows a lot of people at the Outer Banks. And, and you know, I just I just ask that if you're going to if you're going to book a hunt, you need to make sure that that guide has a captain's license and insurance. <laughs> that's for your that's for your safety. It's not for really like probably not for his. It's for your safety. Oh, 100 percent. Like that's your safety, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I I have friends that I'm just not gonna pick up and bounce out into the course down with. Yeah. Not gonna do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's on your mind, Dylan? You look like you need to say something. No, I mean I was just thinking it's, it's a story kind of off the guys thinking. Uh man, I, I got a, a friend that lives on Ochre Coke. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're huge on their diver hunts. He has a couple of his personal blinds and, uh, I went over there with him some two years now and hunted a couple of days and, uh, man, it was, it was the coolest, some of the coolest shit I've ever seen, especially diver hunting is probably the coolest thing I've seen. Um, man, they, it's like a flock of probably 50 redheads started it. They rafted probably 300 yards, uh, upwind of us and 50 birds turned into i don't know how like i don't know how many thousand of redheads rafted up 300 yards away from us upwind and uh and the wind was blowing right at us and they all the whole raft like floated right like all around the block we were surrounded by them and i took a video because it was the coolest shit i thought i'd ever seen and i posted it on instagram and boy and, I, and i'm friends with a lot of the guys that were there like I, I know him personally, I caught more shit from all of them posting that video on Facebook because every everybody wanted to go over there and, and hunt because they saw how many ducks were there. And I mean, it wasn't really the case like that. Wasn't, it's not every blind is like that, and it just happened to me that that's where they sat for the first fifty sat, and then it turned like I said, it turned a, a thousand or whatever. But they all flooded right into us, and I put it up there for the world to see, and they got shared. I don't know how many times. I think I remember this. I, I think I remember what page it wound up on. 
I say it ended up on Facebook pages. It ended up on a lot, and I caught more shit for that from the guys over there. It it was yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> so that, that's cool. what I was saying. I was sitting there laughing in my head, like man. The cool part about that area though is it's all locked down. There's oh, very is. few places you cannot really go out there and hunt. It is, and that's not a place I suggest screwing with the guides either. Because oh no. <laughs> It nope. might be it, it might be your truck tires, it might be your kneecap, but something's gonna something's gonna pay the price. Yeah, you 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 gonna learn today. Absolutely. I don't, I don't suggest you messing with your safety either. Um, no, uh-uh. No, nah. nope. I've I've seen it where it's lapping waves and you can see sand, so probably stay yeah. out of there. There's a lot of water out there. A lot of water. You you close to the ocean too. You mess up there, you're you gonna get sucked out. Great, great whites coming to sound all the time, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, Andy, what you got, man? You got any, you got anything else that's burning your ear? I, I just, I kind of want to go round robin. Let's talk about the scouting bit a little bit. All right. And I, I'll start with saying, um, I guess I'll, I'll go back to what I said about maybe the, the most birds is not the, best place for you to hunt and and why why that it is that way sometimes uh so behavior as far as feeding goes like understanding the way birds are feeding and then looking a little bit further into your forecast for the next day bring a little weather aspect into it and it it, guys in the timber this probably isn't going to make a difference to you but like i've seen it you know I scout somewhere out in the sound and then the wind drastically changed or we get a push, you know, a front or whatever. And you, I, I mean, I, I miss it by miles, just miles, or we could do like me and you did on a sea dunk hunt and we could miss it by two, 300 yards. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you, you really need to cue in and see exactly how they're behaving, you know? what is the, what is a good number? You know, what is, what is a huntable number? And uh, I'll take that to early goose as well. And we'll go back to a safety aspect on it. If you saw 15 geese in the field the day before that you, you have access to hunt. Um, Cause like around here, you know, get permission is, is pretty hard to do it. Don't take 15 of your buddies to this place to hunt 15 geese. Like, Make the make your numbers match. I agree with that to an extent. Um, I think there are a few times where you can get away with having more people in early goose season is one of those times. That not during general duck season, regular duck season, cramming a bunch of people in a blind is is generally not a good idea. However, uh, early goose season. I think is even during I even if you're hunting Canada geese throughout the regular season, I would say that that this doesn't apply. But early goose season, I would say that your hunt will be less affected than any other time of the year when it when it comes to hunter numbers. Uh, but I agree with you. You know, you don't want to have 15 people there to hunt three three geese. Um, you know, if you have a lot a lot of times in early season, those geese move in bigger flocks. I've seen. So what you see in that field might be coming in all at one time. That said, having more numbers 
is not necessarily a bad thing because you might only get one shot at them or two. A lot of times the early season, once you shoot, you shoot at them one time in a volley, they're going to come right back. Um, they're going to come right back a lot of times. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm looking at this video. <laughs> yeah, just tag, I just tagged you on the video. <laughs> Holy tag, shit. Where at? On Instagram. <laughs> I added combat waterfowl. Oh, but yeah, not I while y'all are looking at it, I agree. Like that but that all goes back to scouting. I mean, if, if you put the time into to watch that field, you should know if you're having a hundred geese or if they're coming in at you know flocks of five or you know ten, whatever. Um but yeah, I, I think you can get away with more people in that, that early goose season. A little more a little more that room is a for the whole entire migration, bro. No, I'm telling I'm telling you, like it was thousands. Like, I, I don't that is know. legitimately the whole entire migration. But it, it started like three hundred yards. It started like three hundred yards, and they all just floated in on us and just rafted. Like they weren't swimming; they were all, you know, sleeping for the most part. They I love those hashtags. Out. Yeah, you like, I don't even remember what they were. That was my, you know, some <laughs> hashtags. Hashtag. You know, you know what's funny is you talk about hashtags. I love like old school hashtags, right? Like when you didn't like it when it wasn't like commercialized or whatever, like rafted up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, anyway, <laughs> I'm sure that was trending. Hashtag kill him in the face. Probably just trying to get views, man. Hashtag D West fifty five. <laughs> Shameless plug right there. Hashtag I am 12. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. No, that's uh, this is all good stuff, man. I, I'm glad we decided to roll with this episode today. Um, yeah, this is good stuff. And I feel like every single time we talk about stuff that's, I guess, uh, pointed, we get like a lot of – generally we get a lot of good feedback from – from the gunners too, um, that they're taking stuff positively away from it. So I'm here for it. Um, did you, did you guys have anything else? So you guys want to call it, call it a night. Uh, I just would say, remember safety, 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 and uh, a little bit of more safety. Oh, good point here. If you don't have a first aid kit, I don't care if you're going on a boat or don't go in on a boat, whatever you do, you need some type of first aid. I have sliced the shit on my finger more than once. So at least have and some Paw Patrol band-aids or something. Hell yeah, Paw Patrol. <laughs> Marshall's that dude, though. Paw Guthies, whatever. I don't know. Chase is usually the leads the way, you know. Marshall kind of follows behind when the scene's secure and all that. Andy Andy really likes Blippy. <laughs> yeah, Blippy is that dude. <laughs> Shout out to Blippy, Air Force vet. He's that dude. Oh man. No, so uh, I know I know we talked about possibly cutting it short, but there's something too that that I think is is important to talk about, and you'll see it with guys, but you don't see it a lot of in private parties, and that that's called a well, I call it a rant brief. Um, I don't know what I don't know what the technical term of it is, and and I guess I coined that from basically like a pre mission brief. When we were in Afghanistan, every time before. Every single time before we left the wire, there was a rant brief. We talked about where we were going to go. We talked about frequencies we were going to be using. We talked about what the plan was. You know, you're you basically you're running through an operation order. And so um, I tend to try to do that prior to prior to a hunt. I like everybody to know where stuff is on my boat. If we're going to be in a boat, you know, there's I, anybody on the boat could have a medical emergency. Anybody could, you know, something could happen to me or 
anyone else. Everybody needs to know where the first aid kit, where the safety equipment is, where the you know VHF radio is, needs to know how to use it, what channel to use, needs to be able to access your location. So they need to know how to operate your GPS. They need to know how to operate, you know, any sort of handheld devices or anything that they have. Because a lot of times, you know, you might not have the best cellular coverage. So you need to make sure that you can get in contact with who you need to get in contact with. Flashlights, all that stuff. Everybody needs to know where everything is. Everybody needs to have a contingency plan. And generally, you'll let, I'll let one of my boys know, like, hey, listen, I'm going to go hunt in this area. If you don't hear from me by this time, something's wrong. You know, letting them Absolutely. know, hey, listen, I'm good. Everybody's good. We're back. Had a good hunt, whatever. Somebody else knows where I'm at and they know how long I plan to be there and they know when I plan to return. And if they haven't heard from me by that time, then they need to contact Coast Guard. Yeah, I was I was going to touch on that earlier and it slipped my mind. But, I mean, if you want to tell your buddy because you're scared during to shoot your ducks, at least tell the lady at the gas station you bought your biscuit from. Just if somebody knows. Yeah. Absolutely. Somebody needs to know where you're at, at least the general area, at least where you right. put your in something. I mean – What kind of boat you're in, you know, like yeah. when, we, when we leave um, – like when we leave out offshore fishing and, and stuff like that, I do the same thing. You know, I'll send like a little, little message like, Hey, listen, we're in a 27 foot Cape Horn, you know, blue. We're going to go fish this particular area from here to here, plan to return at this time, you know, send everything out that way. Everybody can send that to their families and stuff. And, um, and that is important, you know, uh, just, uh, whatever. I mean, anything could happen, man. We could run over, you know, if you're hunting a fiberglass boat, you could run over a, something submerged in the water, bust a hole in the bottom of the hole. And that boat could be sunk in a matter of minutes and you might not have access to your safety equipment. You know, you might, yeah. the only thing you might be able to grab is a life jacket. You might not be able to grab anything else or do anything else or, or whatever. And so anything can happen anytime, and and that's why we're we're beating that bush so hard. Yeah, I've, I've had too many calls. You know, the you know sheriff's office wise, if you're overdue people, and you know you, you call the caller, and they're like, you know, you ask them where they put the boat in, or where did they, you know, where were they going, and it's I don't know, I don't know anything basically. So I mean, it, it's really a matter of life and death, honestly. It's like duck duck season time of year is cold. I mean, it gets cold quick. The wind could you know it uh. It, if, if you don't have a plan for, or let, let somebody know your plan, it, it could really be your life. I mean, some, you, somebody has to ride around and look for where you even put in. That could take an hour. It could take, you know, however long to even find where you put in that. And then from there, who knows? Right. We should start a campaign. I'm going duck hunting is not enough. <laughs> like a safety campaign, bro. We might be stretching. No. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I mean, because that's what most people say. Oh, I'm going duck hunting. Well, how far are you going? Oh, I'll be two, three hours away. That's enough for most people. Sergeant safety. Just saying, man. No, it's important. You're right. You're right. You know, us, us second responders, we worry about safety, man. You, you must be the safety officer. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm the furthest <laughs> from that. Definitely not. <laughs> not on the not on the fire truck. Yeah. yeah, I uh, I don't like to wear gloves, so that's always the first thing somebody says to me. Where are your gloves at? I don't even like to wear gloves duck hunting, to be honest with you. That's true. So, anyway. But, uh, I feel like we have... Uh, overstayed our welcome on this topic. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, man. All right. Appreciate you guys listening. And uh, we'll holler at y'all soon. Look forward to the next episode.